to this episode of Saintly Witnesses, where I talk to the Catholic behind the count. Today, I'm talking with Sarah Freeman, who is a mother of four boys. She has she has two twins that are 13, five, and then an 18 month uh, 18 month uh, old baby boy. Uh, in addition to that, she attended the Western Carolina University and earned a degree in social science slash psychology. And yeah, I'm just super glad to have Sarah on today to talk about her faith journey and her uh, and her embrace of the vocation of matrimony and parenthood. So thank you for taking this time to uh, come on and speak to us, Sarah. Thank you for having me. This, this is a great opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So how, how me and Sarah got acquainted is, uh, you know, through social media, you always see, um, you know, always in, interact with intriguing people. And I think Sarah is one of those people who, uh, who just radiates what it means to um, embrace and live out as best as we all can on earth with the grace of the church, uh, the sacrament of matrimony and what it means to be a parent. And so I just wanted to bring her on and share, you know, her story about how she raises her family as a Catholic uh, in their Catholic faith. And so I think that's vital to hear and especially in our culture that needs to hear, you know, about both matrimony and uh, raising children in the faith. So I hope to hope her story is super inspiring. And so when we were talking before uh, the recording started, she mentioned that she was, she's always been a cradle Catholic and never wavered from the faith. And so, uh, yeah, I'm desperate to hear <laughs> uh, Sarah's, uh, you know, cradle Catholic journey from her early years, middle, and now. So tell us that uh, dynamic story that you have. Yes, and uh, thank you for the kind compliment about the uh, social media controversy. That means a lot. I enjoy reading yours as well. Um, so I was born um, to two Catholic parents. Uh, dad is a cradle Catholic and mom is a convert. And every stereotype you can think of with that is true. Dad is very calm, very ma matter of fact, um, very easygoing in terms of the faith. And mom is very intense um, reads every book ever written, I think, and can um, can talk theology with the best of them. I have seen her talk circles around wonderful priests, um, and um, she she can't not preach. She can't not talk about the faith. There is no oh, <laughs> there is no um, superficial conversation with my mother ever. Uh, either they're talking about your faith, or you're talking about recipes. And I'm not much of a cook, so I. <laughs> to learn how to talk about the faith in order to have a conversation with her most of my life. And um, the other thing is mom and dad are so different in their views on the faith um, that I always heard them debating concepts and debating spiritual ideas and values and things like that. And so I grew up in a home where it was where we went to mass we went to Holy Day of Obligation. We went to, dad was part of parish council, Knights of Columbus. Mom was always doing the readings and always doing whatever studies they had and rosaries and things. So I grew up around that. I grew up very involved parents in the faith um, and in different ways and watching them grow in different ways. And so um, I, 
I, when I got to college, it was different. And I hung out, my base group of friends were not Catholic and they were people exploring different types of spirituality. And I hung out with them a lot, but I still went to the Catholic center and I still went to mass. And um, every once in a while, I'd step away for maybe a month or two and then I would come back in and I, I couldn't go, I couldn't go away for long. And so I, it, there was always something pulling me back into the faith. So the thing is though, in college, I got, I, things got a little bit odd um, where I, I was a little bit more focused on my friends and extracurriculars and stuff and not so focused on grades. And I ended up going home for six months and that was a huge turnaround for me. I turned 21 at home. I started going to mass more, started going to adoration more. I came back to college a different person. I, in fact, right before college, I had broken up with a gentleman I had a, as a boyfriend for two years. And right before going back to college, I went to this place in Ohio called Catholic Family Land. And I spent like a week there just hanging out this 21 year old single person. Um, and um, on the way back, I just started praying and I started thinking, realizing that I wanted my life to be about being married and having children. And I'm saying the rosary and all of a sudden I'm thinking about the kind of husband I want. And I'm thinking, I want a man who cares about children, cares about family and who is interested in interacting with kids. And I said, you know, I, I really want to marry a teacher. So out of nowhere, I said, Lord, give me a teacher. And then the next week, uh, and this guy with this amazing smile was paying his tuition in line behind me back before we could pay online and stuff. This is, this is 2000. And um, he asked me if I was the end of the line and then we started dating and got married. <laughs> and so um, then I just kept living the faith and um, he kept coming to mass with me, but he, and we had children and they went through faith formation. And so he always supported my Catholicism. And then one day, um, one day out of the blue, out of nowhere, I am pregnant with our third child and I'm on the couch and it's Thursday night. And he says, um, I'm going to tell you something and I don't want you to get mad. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, what is it? Like, I'm thinking he's telling me he's fired from work or something like that. And, <laughs> oh yeah. And he's been a teacher the whole time, by the way, I did. I, he, um, and, uh, he, he, you know, got into that prayer and I forgot to cover that part. Sorry. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm thinking he got fired from the school or something wild happened. And he goes, I'm going to go to the church tonight. And I'm going to go to that thing father talked about, which was RCIA. <laughs> And I could not believe it. And it was an hour before and he like, or he told me he didn't want me to get how I get about things. He didn't want me to get too excited. And so that was an exciting thing while I'm uh, on our way to having our third baby. And, um, we, um, er, and we're, and then he, um, is interested in converting. So that was, uh, that was a wild ride for me. Uh, and so after that, um, I had, my so I had the twins and I had Linus and then after that I got hired as faith formation director of our parish for two years and I ended up getting pregnant again and when I get pregnant I get really sick so um, I have to whatever job I have I have to choose to work through that job while sick or choose to leave that job and in both cases in all cases with pregnancies I end up just choosing to leave no boss makes me I just choose to do it because I get so sick and it's so hard and that was what uh, so I ended up vacating the position at the parish 
and my successor is amazing and she has taken the program and just totally run it so i am grateful for those two years i had so the so um i just keep um hoping um i am raising my family with the idea that you serve if you can and that you serve your family and that we serve a loving god and that's the thing i want my children to know the most oh, i'm getting emotional as i'm even thinking about that <laughs> Um, that we serve a loving God. We serve um, a Christ that is full of gentleness and compassion. And that's um, by example, I try to show that, but I often fail being a mom. <laughs> and so God is working on me on that. So that's the story. I apologize if I left any holes in there, but that's the story. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing, you know, that vibrant, you know, journey from your parents and how they influence you to all the way up to your, your husband who entered the church. So that was amazing here. So in, in this process, have you ever um, encountered any memorable moments in the faith, like any people that you met or any teachings or anything like that that just really stuck out and had an epiphany or like a, a realization to help you in your faith? There was a moment. So in being Catholic, one of the things being raised in it, growing up, living through it. One of the things I feel like I was always taught was to accept suffering and expect the, accept the, um, accept the, the trials that we go through as moments of growth and accept them with grace. And that's always been hard for me. I get very emotional. I get offended by stuff. I get mad. I get, I, I, I absolutely um, deal with all of that. And so I, I harbor feelings that I, I let linger. And um, in one of those cases, um, I can't really say where this happened because I still have a relationship with this organization. But I, before the twins, before, when the twins were three, before Linus, before my third baby, um, I was trapped in an elevator for three hours. And um, nobody knew I was in there. The alarm didn't work. When the operator opened the door, he said, oh, I didn't know anyone was in there. No one assisted me afterwards. And I ended up having horrible anxiety for two years after that, like nightmares, flashbacks, just everything. And because of the relationship I have with this organization and the relationship my husband has with them, I really couldn't, I really didn't feel um, empowered to confront the, um, negligence that was occurring not e not even in the sense of speaking out and certainly not in the legal sense um it would have caused a lot the domino effect of fighting all of that would have been pretty rough on all of us and so i ended up um just kind of dealing with it and i ended up talking to this wonderful therapist who really said just don't make waves just deal with it um kind of thing i mean but he helped me me through that anxiety but i remember walking around feeling like this wounded person internally and trying to be this mom and this uh, Catholic and to be this Christian person on the outside. And the, the, as I was working through all of that, the, the phrase in my head that kept going is nothing's changed and everything's changed all at the same time over and over again. I kept realizing that. And then so I, I still, no matter where I was or what was going on, I still thought about that incident every day. Um, and um, on the day my husband was getting confirmed into the Catholic Church, becoming received, it was my 37th birthday. 
my um, three or my 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 twins had received first Holy Communion by that point. My baby was um, ten months old, and my three year my my third baby was ten months old, and we'd yet to have our fourth. And I'm standing there, just holding my baby, standing next to the twins, and my husband is being received, and out of nowhere, this this phrase happened, this thought happened in my head, everything has changed, nothing has changed. And that was a real, that was a real um, epiphany moment for me, because I knew nothing was going to change about our marriage. My husband was already an amazing person. The Catholic Church wasn't going to, being Catholic, than he already was, because he's already the most incredible and kindest person I have. He's an amazing dad, an amazing husband, an amazing father. So nothing was going to change in terms of my marriage, in terms of my life, and yet everything was changing at the same time because I was now married to a Catholic man, which was another dream of mine that I didn't know would ever be come to fruition because I couldn't make someone else do that. So that that experience was was quite, and then I just decided that day I wasn't going to hold any more resentment or anger towards an incident that I couldn't not reconcile. That that it was that that all that I went through was okay. It, that was another moment that I had, like, this is all, this is all complete. And I have no idea why or how that happened, but I'm grateful for it. And I certainly didn't go into that day expecting that form of healing to happen, but it did anyway. So that's, um, that's just one of the examples of the way things kind of come together in, um, in wild ways in my life and in my world and the bizarre moments <laughs> that God allows me to experience. Yeah, it definitely sounds like the the peace and the healing of God came to you at that moment, and it just totally, you know, took away all the feelings that you had prior and made you, you know, realize deeper how much of a a newer person and new creation you could be. So that's a uh, that's very deep and thought provoking to share. So thank you. Um, so given that like RCI season is coming up. You know, your husband is a, a convert to the Catholic Church. What would you say to somebody who is discerning they should enter the Catholic Church? Uh, what would you say to that person? Oh, I would um, wish them well on this journey and ask them to take uh, to. I don't know the program that they would join in, but if they're overwhelmed, please, you know, please reach out to. I would offer them if they find themselves up against barriers through the process. To please reach out, um, please reach out to people that will answer their questions. Hopefully, the RCIA leaders are um, are kind and are willing to, to talk things through with them. But I do know that's not always the um, experience some people have. So I would offer that um, to please, if if they want to understand something or know something, there's so many resources that they can go through. If they if they hit this major wall, um, if or if they feel overly challenged, I I would just say that. But not but then again, the people who who start the RCA process se seem to already. And I say that in the sense that I always feel challenged. And I always feel overwhelmed by the information and things like that. But I know that not everyone in RCIA goes through that. Most people I see who go through that process are excited and ready and have already done a lot of their homework. I'd wish them well, and if they ever, um, anyone listening to this, if you ever want to contact me, if you hit any kind of issue or wall, please, I'm I'm here. That would that would be what I would say. And um, 
Oh, uh, yes. And turn to scripture always. <laughs> That's for everyone. Turn to scripture. <laughs> yeah, I know from, you know, working, I mean, my wife went through RSA, so uh, I went through RSA with her. And so I guess in that format, I was sort of like a, a aide or something, an aide to, an aide assisting RSA on those nice. nights. And so, um, you know, I would share a lot of wisdom sometimes. So there were a lot of people in the groups who were definitely, uh, you know, they were challenged by what they were saying. And so a lot of pushback on like your own personal beliefs and stuff that you would hear from the videos and the content. So the advice that you give is definitely important. Don't just, I mean, you have to practice a sense of self-advocacy and, um, you know, pursue truth independently and speak out, speak, reach to those people who hold the events, like the faith directors and those aides that participate in it, because they have answers and they can point you into resources. So that's definitely yes. a good um, a good piece of advice that you can share or that you shared with somebody. Um, so next we're going to the human interest component. And you briefly touched on this earlier about, you know, your husband and um, the desire to have children and raise a family and those those different qualities that you were searching for. Um, so tell, could you tell us a little bit more about, you know, how did you enter into, you know, this vocation of uh, being a married woman and entering the vocation of marriage and, you know, raising a family? What else other information could you, could you share with us on that in the journey that you've had so far? Um, I um, always, I always recommend. So I chose, as I, I touched on how we met, and things like that. And I, um, I was searching for somebody nice, somebody who valued children, as I believe teachers do. Um, and uh, most of them do. <laughs> um, I've worked with teachers, most of them do. Um, and um, I um, wanted somebody, I, I wanted somebody who had the qualities of a family oriented individual. And I realized that in the Catholic faith, I know that they encourage young people who are Catholic to please seek out other Catholics to marry. Um, and that wasn't the path I chose. And when, in fact, I remember when we were on our way to getting married, one priest that was going to um, officiate our ceremony would not let us have a nuptial mass and because he wasn't Catholic. And that broke my heart and through a lot of conversation with my mom we ended up making um and in some other family circumstances we ended up making a change so a priest did allow us to have an actual mass so i would i would encourage those who are um choose who are fall in love with somebody who isn't catholic to first of all not proselytize not tell them they have to be Catholic in order to have the marriage you want. Just ask that they are respectful of your beliefs. In fact, when my husband and I met, I had gone back to college. I already had the reputation of being a nice Catholic girl. Apparently people had warned him. Um, <laughs> and so um, that was, that was, so all of those issues within dating were automatically respected um, because he had heard about my reputation. That's not a bad reputation to have, but it was kind of weird to be gone from there for six months and to know that I come back and people still remember that about me. Um, so, uh, so if you're going to marry somebody who's not Catholic, I would recommend, yeah, don't proselytize and, um, oh, just, um, and 
I would also want to say, because I know how hard it, I, it was hard for me when I fell in love with someone who wasn't Catholic. I kind of carried guilt with that because everybody around me who was Catholic was marrying other Catholics. Um, don't let anybody tell you your marriage won't work because you're not marrying a Catholic. I, I feel like that's not a nice thing to say to somebody when they're in that kind of relationship because that's, an, or, or yes, um, find some, if you find someone who respects your values and respects your beliefs and you are head over heels in love with them, I, and they're respecting yet yeah, all the, all that you're bringing into it, then, um, oh, just keep praying, um, for what, and, and keep focusing on, keep focusing on your own faith. And, and that's why I say, keep focusing on your own, um, your own personal walk and your own personal journey, whatever relationship you're in regardless of who, whether they're Catholic or not, keep to liturgy of the hours and to the rosary and you'll be guided. That's, that's my advice. Well, thank you for sharing that powerful advice to, you know, single people and uh, those discerning the, the, the vocation to marriage. So that's definitely powerful uh, wisdom that you just gave. So the next question is what are some, you know, challenges that you experienced you know, while embracing the sacrament of matrimony and uh, parent and the vocation of parenthood. Um, one thing um, as a parent, it's um, in terms of focusing on prayer and fo focusing on a prayer life, getting away from the kids for a little while and just doing that. Oh, I see. Yeah, you're nodding your head. Yeah, you're um, experiencing that. So, um, oh, real briefly, I'll um, one part of my childhood that happened because I live in an area where there's not a lot of Catholics is I would accompany friends to their various Protestant churches. Apparently in the Baptist faith, you get points if you bring friends to things. And I always wanted, I didn't have a lot of friends. And so if they said, come to church with me, I'm like, cool, someone's asking me to hang out. So that's what I did. And I'd hear a lot about more um, preaching on the Bible than I did necessarily in the CCD classroom. I heard it at home because of my mom um, being a former Baptist herself and connecting it, but I never, but I never really heard it like quite as much as I did at their in their church. And so when I started reading a when I started going to when I go to mass after hearing scripture, it was for me at the Last Supper. That it was there happening in our church. And so I'm and I'm oh, sorry. I was gonna say pause right there because you uh, it was a brief gap. So you said uh, you heard. I'm going to edit in this, so don't worry. So you said something okay, I'm, about I'm uh, rambling like crazy, so forgive me. No, you said something about uh, I forgot the part where it stopped. It. I think you went to the Protestant church and you heard scripture, and then it went off for like half a sec or a second or two, and then it jumped back. So okay, just can you just continue back on the Protestant uh, experience that you had, where I would hear scripture in the Protestant church? Yeah, you can just continue on that. Okay, so I would hear scripture at the um at in the Baptist churches, and then I would go to mass, and it would all come together for me, because the holy sacrifice of the mass, the Last Supper, the readings, all of it made sense to me, and uh, and it came alive for me even more. And then when um and I have no idea how I started it or how it happened, but I started praying Liturgy of the Hours, the faith became alive for me in ways that I didn't expect and, and grounded me in ways I didn't expect. And um, 
so one of the things I found out as a parent is praying liturgy of the hours, stopping, um, holding the book with the children around is very, very challenging because the twins, when they were toddlers, they would want to take the book from me. And now it's wrinkled and practically ripped. So now I read it on the phone app and, and Deacon Matthew, who we mentioned earlier is doing a study on liturgy of the hours. And he was talking to me. I'm like, well, I, I I'm on my phone app. He's like, bring the book back out. That's what this whole, that's what his study is going to be about soon. He's going to do a whole video series on that. And so like, oh, I'm bringing the book back out with a toddler. I've already had to have a friend make a new book cover for me. Um, so it's practical moments like that where I, I want to be more, I want the solitude of prayer and having children around doesn't always allow for that. So getting creative <laughs> is what I've had to learn. Yeah, I was shaking my head because, uh, you know, having seven month or seven and a half month old, you know, definitely you got to get creative on, you know, reading or getting your daily readings in, praying and, uh, you know, any other, you know, private things that you do to aid your faith. So I definitely understand what you mean. Uh, so the next question is uh, the opposite of that. So what are some things that you've gained, um, you know, while embracing the sacrament of matrimony and, you know, raising a, a family in the Catholic faith? What are some some experiences that you've gained or uh, lessons? <clears throat> oh, I might start crying again. Um, my, the first thing I've learned is really from my husband. He really is just one of the nicest people. He is the kindest person. He's, he's, he's very much the teacher all the time. Um, he's very much the patient person and just kind and sweet and um, talented, multi-talented, can cook, can build things. And so I'm constantly learning from him more than anything else. And I feel like I just kind of manage the kids while he accomplishes main, major stuff. And I'm happy to do that. Um, and so I, I just watched that. And then um, the children have taught me so much. Um, one thing I had to learn um, through being a parent is I, I like being nice to people. I like being kind and I don't like being um, confronting. And so I, uh, I, I, I'm not the kind of person that's going to end up viral anytime soon, throwing things around like people do. And I, I like, I like that. I like being nice. I like being happy with people. And, um, the twins are special needs and, um, I, they both, uh, got diagnosed with autism when they were two. And I found out through, um, some pretty difficult parent teacher meetings that not all educational professionals look at parents with special needs in a most positive way and so i had to turn into a mama bear and i and i didn't really like doing that but i had to had to had to and um i realized that god was showing me a new way to express things and a new way to through that experience a new way to to be firm in what I need to do to advocate for a better situation for my children. And um, I'm so grateful for that. Um, and so that was, that was a different kind of journey God took me on. And um, so, and also just in terms of parenting, um, it goes without saying that we, 
learning patience, learning to appreciate the smiles even when the babies are making us tired, learning to appreciate um, the extra work and the extra time that goes into being a parent when you know, we could be watching a movie or something. I know that that transition from not having kids to having kids is a wild, wild one. And I'm just grateful so much for my kids helping me, um, keeping me focused on what's important. They teach me so much every day about uh, what kindness means, what love means, what um, being patient means. And I'm, I, I just love learning from my husband and kids. You kind of been touching on this throughout the whole time is basically how do you, I don't want to say basically, but how do you insert your Catholic faith into, you know, your vocation as a, um, in matrimony and as a, uh, a parent, how do you, how do you weave that in? And you've been touching on that, you know, through the whole, you know, segment. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, um, I cannot do any of this without the Blessed Mother taking me through and guiding me for everything. Um, and, um, through her intercession and, um, the the holy rosary and just trying to love my babies the way mother mary loved the baby jesus and so there's not so much of a guide for what to do with teenagers <laughs> i'm just begging for patience um and the church triumphant and asking the saints to help me those are the the main things and um staying close to the sacraments and um i i can't i just i i it's more about whatever the, the journey takes, wherever the, the journey takes me next. And I kind of, I'm by the grace of God with the ups and downs of our world, like with me being pregnant, having to quit jobs or having to change direction kind of on a moment's notice based on the needs of the kids. Um, I, I always have the cool thing about the Catholic church faith is it's unchanging in so many ways. So I always have that grounding and that base there of going to mass of focusing on the readings, focusing on the, the liturgical calendar, um, and trying to live a life that is reflective of what Christ is asking us to do. And there's so much in our Catholic faith that, um, I don't know, we talk so much about the big things in our Catholic, in dialogues as Catholics. We talk about the social issues, we talk about the big things, but what I would like to see more focus on because for me and for my life and even working in leadership, I found, um, I think the Catholic faith talks a lot about daily behavior and daily choices and the, the, the little moments that we need to appreciate. And those, those, those smaller moments, um, those moments that seem, don't seem to matter much, but matter a great deal. And that's how the Catholic and, and, and that's through scripture and through, the readings and through Christ's example, I, um, I, being as being a parent, as you well know, being a parent is all about those little moments, those moments no one sees and things like that and focusing on a better way to conduct ourselves and a better way to bring out the best in other people. So that's how, that's how Catholicism has helped me with all of that. It is definitely uh, a powerful intersection between faith and how you implement it in the family unit. So definitely thank you for uh, sharing that, that wisdom 
And, you know, that's going to conclude everything that we conclude the segment and, and whatnot. But I just wanted to say, you know, as I was listening to what you were saying and I was writing down a few notes, I could just say that, you know, um, I can tell that like a lot of people tell me and my wife that you can tell that your baby is happy and from two parents that you can tell your baby is happy. So I can t honestly and authentically tell that you enjoy, you know, the way you describe your husband and the way you describe your children, you are, you are authentically, you know, uh, you authentically enjoy being in matrimony and being a parent because, uh, you know, the little things that you just mentioned, you know, these little moments that you see that they, people don't see behind closed doors, you get to soak in and, um, you know, accept and relish in them. And I think, I think, your you know story just conveys that a lot so definitely thank you for sharing that thank you so much it's been wonderful connecting with you and your wife thank you so much yeah, yeah most definitely well that's gonna conclude this episode of saintly witnesses and i just want to continue to wish uh sarah the best and she's definitely in my prayers as a a good uh a good example of the faith who I know through social media. So um, that's going to be this conclude this episode and you guys can continue to listen. Mm -hmm.